Previously on Unpacked. I didn't think it was real because mm. it had never affected me. And then my sister then started getting sick. Like you can see she's fighting with death. You know, you never gave us a sense that she's sick to death. As soon as my sister walks in, she closes her eyes and it was over. They called us and said, indeed, it's confirmed that the cause of death was related to COVID. My, my life just shut it on that day. Nongem Gwaba and Zagiti Koza have both lost their loved ones to COVID. This is part two of their stories. Let's unpack. What is the last thing your mother said? <coughs> I'm very sorry. <sighs> she said she's going to be okay. Uncle Lisa, she lied to me. Um... I can understand you feeling like your mother lied to you. You know, one of the things that has been shared with me about death is it's actually such a private thing. Yeah. You know, people in general don't want to die in front of other people. Mm. And also, if you are facing death, fighting death, like what you said about your mom, I can't imagine her wanting to tell you that because it's a reality she probably didn't want mm. to face. So after, um, I mean, your, your aunt and your mother died basically in the space of a few hours. Mm. Six hours. <clears throat> what, was the, what was the next thing that happened? Um, again, the same people who came to fetch my aunt came to fetch my mom. Um, and yeah, like... It was just so confusing, actually. Like, I felt like I was going crazy. I was so numb. Like, I, did, I didn't know what to say to who. I couldn't even look at my grandmother. Like, I can't imagine the pain that she's going through every day because she had already lost her son um, when he was 15 to a car accident. And now God took both her children so it means, yeah, I'm coming to just lose, you know. Mm. And it's just, it's heartbreaking, you know. Also, my mother and my aunt lived for my family. Mm. Like, un unconditional love is what I learned from them. Mm. So it was just so confusing that they, they're not here. Like, we mm. just witnessed that mm. in the space of, like, what, what, what just happened? Um, mm. But my sister and I just had to be grown about it and do the funeral preparations and stuff. Um, we took my grandmother to the doctor uh, and myself for an injection for shock because we weren't okay. Like, I lost my speech. My grandmother was just mute for mm. the longest time. And then, yeah, I'm actually glad with the COVID um, restrictions of the, the body not coming home the mm. night before, because I don't know what it would have been seeing two mm. coffins in my house like, mm. like that, and there are pictures there. It's, just, 
it's just, it's weird. It's, um, yeah, it was going to be weird, but the funeral happened. And yeah, the bodies um, came the night before. Not the night before, the, like five minutes before um, we went to the burial site, mm. to the house. And um, my sister and I let go two doves, at least. I don't mm. know if we were really releasing them because we believed that we were releasing them. But yeah, it was tough. Mm. Mm. It was really tough. Like, yeah, it was tough. I'm going to give you a moment. Thank I you. know this is very, very heavy. Yeah. Mm. And the weirdest thing, actually, after they passed away, the darkness was gone. The house was lighter. The, the, we have a tree. The tree was sleeping, and then it was suddenly blooming. It was just so weird. Mm. It's like my sister saw the angel of, of death in the house mm. on the 13th. Oh, the, the day before, she, they fell sick, actually. Mm. She saw the angel of death enter the house. So she already knew would see something's going to happen. Mm. Um, I, on the other hand, I realized when I was telling someone, like, can you see how light it is? And they just looked at me like I'm crazy. Then I realized mm. they weren't there when I had to take care of the whole family. So obviously they didn't get to see that darkness. Mm. Mm. So from your side, what was, you know, the next thing that happened? You had now had to bury your sister. Yeah. Uh, what was the next thing that happened? Because your, your dad had also been unwell. Yeah. Well, it, I think that it was painful because um, my sister is, is the only daughter mm. or sister that we had. We had three brothers and we had one rose amongst these thorns, you know. Mm. And my dad at the time is unwell. He's quarantining. And, and he's, he's at home. He's at home. Mm. And we had the funeral at home. Mm. So on the day of the funeral, he hears everything, mm-hmm. but he cannot be part of everything. So, so my dad is quarantined mm. and um, everything is going on. And we literally have to go to his room every now and then through the window mm. to tell him this is now what has happened, mm. you know. Um, we had it live streamed on Facebook as well. Mm. So at least he was able to, to you watch, know, to watch, mm. watch the... But I think for me, that was probably the, the... For him, that was the heartbreak of it all, you know, because after that moment, he was not the same again, mm. you know, he was not the same. And yeah, we had the funeral and um, the body came right at the end of the funeral. We went and we buried her, you know. I'd always seen the videos when COVID started of mm. these guys in the white suits mm. spraying the coffin, you know, and I thought, this is so crazy. But I never thought it's something that would actually happen. And, you know, sitting there and watching it. Mm. And my sister is the one that's in, in the coffin. It was... It was extremely painful. But yeah, we had the funeral and we thought that's the end of it. And I want to probably just touch on what Mandla touched about the darkness. Mm. There was a darkness that I cannot explain, Mm. you know. It is a darkness that seems like there is no light. You just, in fact, it's it's an anxiety, you know, Mm. that just builds up. And I still have that thing even now Mm. because you are just in a state of fear to yeah. say, who, what's next? Who's mm. going to die next, you know? And um, my dad got worse and he landed up in hospital, mm. right? And this was how long after um, your It was about buried. three or four days after my mm. sister was buried. Um, he woke up in, at midnight one day and he said, you know, when I take a deep breath, 
there's a sharp pain on my chest, you know. Mm. And we didn't want to take chances. We just said to him, let's, let's, go to, let's go to hospital. So we got to hospital, took a bit of time to get him admitted. Um, and we came back around about four o'clock or so. They said to us, when you see him now, you're not going to be able to see him. So we organized the phone for him so that he can, you know, obviously we can contact him mm. on, a, on a daily basis. And let's just remind the viewers that because the rules are so strict, this, the, rules are the reality strict. is that when somebody is going to the hospital with COVID, yeah. you are pretty much saying goodbye yeah. at the door because you don't know what's going to happen exactly. and you won't be allowed to go in to see exactly. him. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So we'd call him. Um, now... When he entered, he obviously was not on oxygen, but now he's on oxygen. Mm. And every time we talk to him, you know, the, the discussion is labored now. Mm. And then we take a decision as a family to say, you know what, we're not going to call him for long mm. or we'll skip days because we don't want to tire him in the process, mm. you know. And um, one day we call him, he's not available. And um, apparently he had fallen in mm. hospital. He tried to go to the loo and he fell. And we contacted him again and we're able to get hold of him. He relates the story. And we're just panicking. We're just worried. And then there was one day where his oxygen came out and mm. the nurses didn't see. And he called us in a panic, you know, to say, you know, I'm trying to breathe through this thing, but it's not working. You know, and my brother and I just shot straight to the hospital. And obviously we were, we were not happy, you know. We were fighting and they're mm. saying, you can't go in. And we're saying, this guy just called us. You know, he says mm. he can't breathe and there's no nurse that can assist him. The securities, you know, it became chaos. But eventually we were able to get hold of him and they found that the, the oxygen, mm. the link to the, to the wall unit had unplugged itself. Mm. You know, and at that point, now we do not trust the hospital mm. because we are thinking if this can happen, then, mm. you know. So eventually after two days... Um, he started to relate that he wants how things to be done should anything happen. And we're like, Dad, but why are you saying these things? Are you, mm. you know, I can mirror what she's saying um, in that they don't want to say or to, they just say, I'm going to be okay. You know, he mm. said it so many times, I'm going to be fine, I'll be back. You know, I'm going to live till 100. Mm. That was his famous statement, you know. Um, but he starts to tell us, you know, this is how I want to be buried, um, you know, and he gives us instruction on how to do that, you know. And um, a day later, um, at night, it was the 25th on Christmas, um, at about 10, we got a call from the hospital. And the nurse says, you know, the old man just complicated, mm. you know. And we hear the word complicated for the second time now. Mm. And um, we start to pray as a family for about an hour. I remember praying that day. You know, when you pray, I generally pray with intent mm. because I think prayer will solve the situation. But that prayer was very different. You know, I prayed, but in my heart, I was at peace to say, there's, there's nothing good that's going to come from this. Mm. And everybody went to sleep, and I stayed up the entire night. Because we took my dad to hospital, so I was on the forms, you know, as the next Ofkin. Mm. So I just had my phone next to me, and I just waited for the call. And true to call, at 5 a.m., I got the call. Ah, is this Mr. Kwaza? Yes, it is. Do you know Mr. Disman Kwaza? Yes, I know, it's my father. Um, I'm sorry to tell you that your father is late. Mm. And um, like Nantla said, that's when your whole world crumbles apart from there, you know? So um, it was a weekend um, when he passed away, so we couldn't obviously do, you know, do the funeral things and the preparations. So we went on the Monday and um, we were able to view the body. It was quite strange because he passed away from COVID, but they allowed us to actually see him, you know? Mm. 
um, not through a partition, you mm. know, but yeah, it was, it was painful. It was painful. And um, we, you know, for the second time in one month, we identified a second body. Mm. And, um, and then we went into the process of, of, of organizing for the funeral, you know. It was, it was almost like my sister's funeral was a, a session for us to prepare for another, you know. So the second funeral went actually smoother than the first one because we knew what to do, what you know, to expect, what to expect mm. you know. But I think the most painful thing for us is the grieving part. Um, we have been grieved, you know. I always put this thing out of my mind. I try not to think about it as much as I possibly mm. can. Um, sometimes I, you know, I, 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 I wish, you know, I could enter into, you know, the stage where I can just cry my heart out, you know. But um, it seems as though when I try that, I just go into a state of depression. So you know, my coping mechanism is just to keep the thoughts of mm. their passing out of my mind and just mm. try to live as, it's so as, heavy. as much as possible. It's very heavy. I think it's because it's also two people. Yeah. So yeah. I haven't started grieving for my aunt at all. Mm. Like, I, I don't... I don't I'm, I'm actually even not talking to them, yeah. in a sense. And everybody else around me is dreaming about them, but mm. I'm not. Mm. And I'm just like, it's fine. I'm, I must just allow myself to be angry until... The um, yeah. So I understand what you're saying. Are you still angry? I'm extremely angry. Extremely. Extremely angry. Um, and maybe the strangest part is I don't know who I'm angry at, you know. Um, you want to be angry at God, but um, we are religious people, so, you know, the Bible seems to tell us that um, these things are normal, you know, in the life that we live. Death is part of everyday life so you know i don't know who to be angry with you know but um the other thing about death is it always wants something to blame you know mm. so i'm thinking could could hospitals be killing people you know mm. and those uh, i don't know if not is the same thing people actually start to tell you that you know to say that why is it that when people go to hospitals they never come out mm. you know and you actually start to have that thing to say what if you know what if people are being killed there mm. and you try to you know channel your anger to that but I think I, what she said is so key to say sometimes it is people's time to go, mm. you know. My sister, well, look, you, you just mentioned God, and yeah. I wanted to say um, our relationships with God are complicated. They really are. And if you need to direct your anger to God, I think allow yourself to mm. do that, if, especially if it's going to give you an opportunity to start to journey through the grief process. That's true. That's true. Anger is one of the stages. Mm. Mm. And I think it's fair to also be angry at the person that's gone to say, why did you leave? Mm. You know, mm. it might sound unfair or irrational, but I'm just trying to say, process. I hope you both give yourselves the opportunity and the space mm -hmm. to feel your feelings without invalidating them because you should not be angry at God mm. or you should not be angry at your father, angry at your sister, angry at your mother, angry at your aunt, which I can sense from what you said about your mom, that she said, I'm going to be fine. Mm. And she wasn't fine. And that's the complicated process mm. of, of, of grief. Um, do you think it's harder for you to process, feel, express, cry, 
because of the expectations of men in society. Do you think that plays a role for you? Yeah, it does. It does. I think you expect it to be strong mm. as a man, you know. And, uh, and I said this to, 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 to people that also come to bring bereavement, you know. Mm. People kind of sit there and they're like, oh, the mother lost a husband and a daughter. Mm. And everyone wants to talk to the mother because in their minds, the mother or my mother would have lost the most. Mm. And I say, but you can't look at it that way. You know, there's a daughter who's lost a mother and a grandfather. The grandfather was like a father to her. Mm. There are sons that have lost a sister, you know. So our, our grief is different. So when you come to bereave, just bereave, you know, come and comfort us. You know, mm. there's nobody that is feeling pain more than, more than we are all just going through mm. pain. It may be different um, degrees of it mm. um, that can never be understood. But nonetheless, it's, it's all pain. And um, I don't know, you know, you... Maybe not as for me. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. My anger is displaced, and maybe that's 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 the problem. In that I don't know who to be angry with, you know. And um, if if you had to be blatantly honest, no judgment. Who do you feel angry at? Because you've mentioned God. Are you angry at God? I think, in a way, probably. Yeah. To a certain degree. Um, maybe I'm also angry at myself as well um, because there's also that thing that maybe if we had just not taken, for instance, my dad to the hospital and just mm -hmm. kept him home and tried to treat him at home, maybe he would have survived, you know. So there's also that blame thing happening as well where you kind of go through everything and you're thinking of things that you could have done differently that mm -hmm. may have resulted in, you know, the saving of at least one of these people's mm -hmm. lives, you know. So it's, it's, grief is just something that you can't explain. It's... Mm. Nunca, are you also angry at yourself? Um, yeah, actually. I, I, I'm not angry at myself, but I blame myself for not calling anyone to mm. come help. Like, maybe it could have been different. Um, maybe it was too much. Like, I'm angry at God mainly because... Okay, I was blindsided, I think that's the word. Blindsided, yeah. Sight, yeah, um, because why didn't I think of it at the time, you know? Mm. Like, why wasn't he there? Like, I felt like he wasn't there, mm. so I haven't said a word to him in this year. Sure. Mm. I think the most difficult part of the conversation we're having is, and even then, it, it wouldn't matter how much time has passed because some people get frozen in, in time. It's but for the both of you, it's quite raw. It's quite fresh. And I think it was important for us to share for viewers that there is another dynamic that comes into play mm. when the death is a COVID death. Mm. Um, did you find, and let me start with you, did you find that before they died, they seemed to get better. Because there's that thing that happens sometimes when a person is very unwell, where before they die, they seem fine. So you have this hope that, okay, they're getting better. And then when they do pass on, it hits you like it's a true. ton of bricks. Mm. Did you find that? My sister was just one way down. But mm. my dad, he, that's what happened with him. So I think a week before he was admitted, he actually, because he was now bedridden. Mm. But the week before he, he went to hospital, he started to walk again. 
you know. Mm. And I remember one day he was feeling so well, he actually walked out the house. Mm. You know, he was walking like a little newborn baby, but nonetheless, mm. you know, he was, and we sat with him outside and we spoke and I was so happy. I was like, no, he's out of the red, you know. Mm. And then a week later, the, the opposite started to happen. Yeah, so, mm. yeah, you're right. Did you find that to be the case? I think with me, I didn't expect anybody to pass away. But I think at the back of my head, I had it. Mm. So I just acted like I can't see what's happening. So I was lying to myself as well for the longest of time. And when I saw my mom driving herself to the to the doctor on the <clears throat> on the 13th, I was like, okay, yeah, she's gonna be fine. But I was worried at the back of my head. I'm thinking, this whole 10 days, she hasn't been eating right. She probably takes her meds once in a while because <clears throat> if obviously you take maids with on an empty stomach you you vomit them so i was like okay maybe she's going to be fine you know and after my aunt had passed away um I, she was calling everyone like she literally called the whole world to tell them that her sister passed away mm. and i had to hide her phone now because the more she keeps on saying it the more her brain is is realizing mm. what just happened. Mm. And now she started losing her breath. I'm like, hey, can you just give me that phone? And then I'm thinking, I'm taking this phone forever, ne? but I didn't say it out loud. I just thought it in my head. It would see this phone is not going to go back to Omnigazwag. Mm. Why? Because... I, so I prepared myself. Even the hour before, even when everything was happening, I was prepared. But still, my, it still felt, felt like my world is crumbling. Like it's just... I don't know, it's just weird. Like, I can't even explain it. But yeah, I did I did think, I did have a bit of hope. But 80% of me knew, would say I'm losing both of them. Mm. 20% was just hopeful. Mm. How is um, your mom and your brothers, how are they doing now? Well, every day has its challenges. Um, so I moved back home. Mm. So that obviously my sister moved out. So it was going to be my mom and my sister's daughter. Mm. So um, my wife and my daughter decided we'd move back home just mm. for a year so that we can actually help mom to cope, you know. Um, it's been tough, you know. Um, I think for her being, um, she's a very strong person, always carrying the family, you know. Um, but I remember one night that always, you know, it clicks on my mind. Um, she thought I'd gone. So I was in the main house. Um, so she thought I'd left and mm. gone out. And um, I started to hear someone sobbing, you know, sobbing and sobbing. It started to count louder, and then she was wailing at some point. Mm. So I stood up and I went into her room, and you know, obviously she was shocked and mm. also a bit embarrassed. And that's where I realized that you know she's 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 take, she's going through a lot. Mm. Um, she didn't just lose her husband and the sister; she also lost her, and her daughter. She also lost her sister in April, mm. so it was not COVID-related, you know. But in one year, she yeah. she lost three people that mm. were dear to her. Uh, my brothers, um, they're not okay. I don't want to lie to you. Um, they're not okay. Um, and it goes back to the, you know, patriarchal thing as men, you know, intervention to see people, you know, they haven't been, you know, open to, to that route mm. as yet, but they're not okay. They're struggling. Um, and I speak to their girlfriend and one is married, his wife, and they keep telling me the same thing that ever since December of 2020, mm. they, they are not okay. You know, so I think it's a it's a step by step process, but eventually I think we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, how's your grandmother doing? I don't know. 
actually, I don't think she's okay because um, it means it's my sister, my niece, and 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 her only at home. So I don't think she's doing okay. And I feel she hadn't healed from losing her son, mm. and now it's just all together. So, mm. um, but during the time for like. I guess there's a period where we were matrasi and whatnot. She just said she's just happy that her daughters did everything for her. If she complained, Nabe she's ungrateful. She's grateful that she experienced the love that she experienced from her daughters. But yeah, it's hard. So it's just so weird because uh, funny, me and my sister, we're just now preparing for my grandmother's death. Like it's just mm. that's where we are. So we're not okay because these people were like, we lived with my mother. My mother moved back home after she divorced. So we had like a good two, three years with her again. And then um, my aunt would come home every December. So I'm not looking forward to the festive season. I'm not looking forward to January. I just wish I could wake up and it's fair. Mm -hmm. So I can imagine that they probably feel the same way. How are you doing today? Um, I don't know. I'm feeling a bit lighter after speaking because sometimes I feel like my grief is my grief is an inconvenience to people. Mm. So I just keep quiet about it. I hate therapy because speaking about it doesn't change the fact that they did. So mm. I'm a bit lighter. How are you doing today? Um, yeah, I also think I feel a lot lighter. Um, um, but generally, I don't think I've been okay. I've been suffering with a lot of anxiety. Mm. So I've started gymming, it's helping, you know, and um, trying to live a healthier lifestyle. Um, it's just that that constant, you know, fear of something going wrong, you know, and uh, it started then. I think the hardest week was the week that my father was in hospital, mm. you know. I just kept on waiting for the call that he's gone, waiting, mm. waiting. So now it looks as though that's how I live my life now, you know, just mm. waiting for something bad to constantly happen. So I think um, it's a journey. Um, it's a journey. I don't want to lie. I'm not, I'm not okay. Um, you know, you have those dreams, you know, you see those flashbacks of, you know, when we went to identify them as well. Mm. So I don't want to lie. It's, a, it's, 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 it's not an easy journey. And maybe just to touch back on the, on the anger as well. You know, sometimes we even get angry at family mm. um, because the thing is with COVID, um, you, you don't get that support from family, you know? Mm. And the painful thing is I took my dad's character. You know, he was a, a, a very strong figure in the family. He wouldn't care if any of my family members passed from COVID. Mm. He'd be there, you know? Mm. And I understood him and I expected everybody to react how he would react. Mm. And that caused a lot of anger in, in me, you know, to say my dad would be there for everybody here. Mm. But... You know, we did the, the peeling for the funeral on our own. We identified on our own. We did the funeral basically with, with, with very little family around and friends, you know. So I think also that um, there's a lot of anger around the support element of it. But then as you grow to understand COVID and how it affects people, you actually realize that at times we are a bit unreasonable. It is... Uh, you know, it's something new that people don't understand. Mm. And we try to put ourselves in their shoes to say, you know, it's probably, you know, the fear of everything that would have caused them not to be there for us. But um, I'm, I'm feeling 
um, you know, just to thank you guys, you know, um, to, for the safe space we're able to, to actually talk about this. Because as she says, you find yourself even on WhatsApp posting them and stuff, you know, and it does become an inconvenience to people. And some people probably sit back and they say, ah, these guys, you know, we've had people pass away, you know, they, they are exaggerating. And you tend to want to keep this thing to yourself after some time, you know. So thank you so much for the safe space. I think there is a lot of changes, you know, how I feel emotionally after mm. the discussion that we had today. I really, you know, my, my goal is for this space to be healing. Yeah. Um, it definitely is healing for me through everybody's stories. Mm. And even if, you know, I can never understand what you went through, yeah. I can relate, I can empathize. Mm. And my heart definitely goes to the both of you and to your Thank families. You so I'm very, very sorry for mm. your loss. You know, sincere condolences. I hope you're able to hold space for yourselves yeah. to grieve the way that you need to outside of what anybody might say, mm. I hope you give yourselves the time. I hope you allow yourselves to feel what you need to feel without judging yourselves. Yeah. I hope you're able to do that. Mm. But thank you for coming to share the reality of losing loved ones to COVID. It has a different dynamic to just, you know, death by natural causes mm. or or anything else. So thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it's it. A pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Maybe if I can just add... Um, uh, my mom turned 70 on Tuesday. Mm. Um, so today we're actually having a 70th um, birthday for her. I think it was important for us to... December is such a, a dark period for us, mm. you know, after losing two people last year, just to bring something light into mm. the family, you know. So um, I'm going to encourage you to to watch the show and this episode as well. Um, I just wanted to wish her a happy birthday, you know, mm. and ask her to be strong and that we truly love her for being, you know, the pillar of support that she's been to the family. So, yeah, thank you so much. You both come from strong women. You've got your grandmother, you've yeah. got your mother, yeah. and love and light and strength to the both of them. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hashtag unpacked with Rele Loss in itself is such a heavy burden to carry. Now add the element of COVID and it is complicated. So many of you have been living around COVID and with COVID, but somehow it finds a way to blindside us. So I send love and light to those of you that have lost loved ones to COVID. This episode, we think of all of you. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Next time on Unpacked. I never thought people would be so cruel. I wanted to tell my parents so bad, be like, something is going on. With young people, there's a certain level of ignorance. I just don't understand why you should be mean to the next person mm -hmm. because they are different. Was there a point before you being in the hospital that you had actively tried to take your own life? Many times, mm -hmm. many times. much for watching Unpacked with Rilebukhile Mamoja. Make sure you subscribe to my channel where you can get to watch more episodes. But more importantly, you can be part of our online community. Comment down below, share with us who you'd like to see on the show, what story you'd like us to discuss. We love engaging with you. Keep it coming and don't forget to subscribe.